In Parashas Truma, God commands the Jewish people, They shall make me a sanctuary, and I will dwell among them. Very famous Pasuk, a lot of, a lot of Torah on it, a lot of drush, a lot of inspirational drush about uh, the Mikdashes inside people's hearts, and so on. But on the most basic level, on the Pshat level, as well as the Halachic level, of course, this is a commandment to build the Mishkan. Parshas Truma is all about the building the Mishkan. The, the opening segment is about God's general instruction to build the Mishkan, the tabernacle. The, the first step is, a, is, a, is the, solicita- the, the solicitation of donations, gold, silver, copper, fibers, textiles, precious stones, and so on. And then the rest of Parshas Truma is the detailed instructions for the construction of the Mishkan, and then Parshas Tetzaveh, the instruction, instructions regarding, mostly regarding the first half of the parasha, creating the Big Kahuna, the priestly vestments, and then later, Parashas Vayakal Pekudeh, we describe the actual construction of the Mishkan and the Big Kahuna, and the counting of some of the materials, gold and silver, and so on. So, Vasuli Mikdash V'Shachanti B'Socham is the, the basic commandment to build the Mishkan, it is actually brought as one of the Tariq mitzvahs by the Rambam. The Mishkan was temporary to some extent. It was the first Mishkan. The Mishkan in its first stage was in the desert, in the Midbar. It did exist for several hundred years further in various other cities, in Nov and Givon and Shiloh and so on. But uh, the long-term, the long-term uh, solution, of course, was the base of Mikdash, the, the temple in Yerushalayim. We've had two so far, the first base of Mikdash, the second base of Mikdash. They had multiple, uh, multiple iterations. The second base of Mikdash was built by, first by Ezra and the Ole, the Ole Bavel, later by Herod, and so on. But the, we, so we have the Mishkan, we have the first base of Mikdash, we have the second base of Mikdash, and we anticipate, we believe that when God brings the redemption, we will have the third base of Mikdash, the third and final base of Mikdash. The Rambam understands that Vasuli Mikdash V'Shachanti B'Socham is a mitzvah saseh. It is one of the Tariq mitzvahs. It is the mitzvah to build the Beis HaMikdash and the Mishkan in, in, in all its various uh, versions. Rambam says, mitzvah saseh number 20, that we're supposed to build a, a house for the service of the Lord, the sacrificial service, the... the... the, 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 the Pasuk says, Vasuli Mikdash, he brings our Pasuk, he brings uh, Midrash Sefrei, which is also a Gemara and Sanhedrin. There were three mitzvahs the Jews were commanded when they entered Eretz Yisrael. Limnos lehem melech, to appoint a king. Livnos lehem beisah bechira, to build the temple. Ulehachra zara shel Amalek, that's Pasha Zacher this week, Purim, to destroy Amalek. The Rambam says, you see from this Midrash, you see that building the temple is a mitzvah saseh. It's one of the three mitzvahs. It's a standalone, independent mitzvah. And the source of the mitzvah, the Rambam tells us, is from the Pasuk in Parshish Truma. Even though the, in the immediate sense it was going on the Mishkan of the desert, in the broad sense it includes all the various, uh, all the various versions of the Mikdash, including the permanent temples in Jerusalem. Rambam says this mitzvah includes a variety of details. It includes the menorah and the shulchan and the mizbeach. These are all parts of the Mikdash. They're all included in Mikdash. And the and so on. The Ram goes into some detail, and that is the mitzvah. That that is a mitzvah say of building the base of mikdash. 
Rambam says this again in the in Hilchas Malachim, in uh, in Hilchas Beisah Bechira, in Hilchas Malachim, in Hilchas Beisah Bechira, he says that Hilchas Beisah Bechira, he says mitzvahs say to build a bias Lashem ready available for Karbanos, and we're supposed to we're supposed to celebrate there three times a year the Shalosh Regalim, as it says in our Pasha of Asuli Mikdash, and so on. The Rambam says in Hilchas Malachim, the Rambam changes his formulation slightly. Here he brings that language of the Sifrei, of the Gemara and Sanhedrin. There are three mitzvahs the Jews were commanded in when they entered Eretz Yisrael. Limnos lahamelach, what's the source for appointing a king? Shenemar som tas melech amalek, destroying amalek. Shenemar timche zecher amalek, zecher amalek. That's what we're going to read in Pasha Zachar. Limnos beis abachira, shenemar instead of bringing the Pasuk that he brings in Sefer Mitzvahs and in Hilchus Beis HaBechira of Parshas Truma, of Asuli Mikdash, he brings a different Pasuk. L'shichno sidrashu vasa shama. A Pasuk elsewhere in the Torah that we shall seek out the, the neighborhood of Hashem. L'shichno sidrashu vasa shama. We shall go there. The Rambam understands here that that is the source for the Mitzvah to build the Beis HaMikdash. The Smag, Sefer Mitzvahs Gadol, a work which follows in many ways the, the Rambam in his counting of the mitzvahs, but also has important differences. The Smag says, the Smag actually brings that Pasuk as the source of the mitzvah. The Smag brings the Gemara and Sanhedrin, that there are three mitzvahs the Jews were commanded when they enter Eretz Yisrael, to have to appoint a king, to destroy Amalek, and to build a base of Mikdash. And what's the source of the Pasuk, to, uh, uh, the source of the commandment to build a base of Mikdash? So... He brings yet another pasuk. He brings a pasuk Bavar Temes Hayarden You shall cross the Yarden and settle in the land of Israel. After you do that, God tells us that in the future we'll inherit Eretz Israel and we'll have a place that God has chosen, Yushalayim, Temple Mount. That's where we'll build the base of Mikdash. That's where we'll bring Karbanos and so on. And the Chinuch here proposes that that is the source of the mitzvah to build the Beis HaMikdash. So the Mepharshim, the Mepharshim discuss, the, discuss these points. Why does the Ramah bring two different sukkim? Why does the Chinuch bring uh, yet, yet a different pasuk? So it may be a machlokas, but the, the bottom line is that there is a mitzvah saseh midaraisa to build the Beis HaMikdash, whether the source is Vyasuli Mikdash, whether the source is L'Shechno Sidrashu, whether the source is as the as, whether the source is as the smag says, the source is uh, from one or some combination of these psukim, we have a mitzvah to build the base of Mikdash. Kasimishna points out on the Rambam, even though the Pasuk and Arab Parsha of Asuli Mikdash is going on the Mishkan of the Midbar. So the Rambam understands that it also is a broader commandment. It also includes all the different Mishkans, the Mishkan in the Midbar, the Mishkan in Shiloh, the Mishkan in Nov, the Mishkan in Givon, the Beis Olamim, the permanent temple in Yerushalayim. And the, that's why, he says, that's why the Torah wrote Vasuli Mikdash. The Mishkan in the desert is typically called Mishkan, Ohel Moed, and so on. Mishkan and Ohel, are both, uh, Ohel certainly implies a temporary structure. Mikdash is not the, is not the general term. The reason the Torah used the term Mikdash is because it wants to broaden the scope of the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to build both the immediate Mishkan that we're going to construct in the short term, as well as the, the permanent Mikdash that we will eventually build 
in the time of David and Shlomo HaMelech. So this is a, this is a mitzvah, it is generally counted as one of the, one of the Tariq mitzvahs. The mitzvah is to build a base of Mikdash. I want to discuss tonight now uh, a little bit about the application of this mitzvah in contemporary times. Obviously, when we contemplate fulfilling this mitzvah, we have to consider two things. We have to consider the halachic aspects. Is it incumbent upon us to build the mikdash today? Is it halachically feasible for us to build the base of mikdash? And then, of course, we have to consider the practical questions. Politically, is it possible to build the base of mikdash? Is it safe? Will it start a war? And so on. I'm not really going to get into the, the political and the practical questions as much, but we're going to focus on the halachic questions, which have been discussed sporadically in rabbinic literature, primarily over the last two centuries. In the past, we've discussed the closely related question of whether there is a mitzvah to bring karbanos bismanazeh, whether there's a mitzvah to try to reinstate the, the sacrificial rites. The, the two discussions are twinned, and they proceed in parallel. Both of, them, both of these discussions began in earnest with... Uh, with Ritzvi Hirsch Kalischer's great manifesto, Drisha Sion Birushalayim, he was uh, an, avid, uh, an avid proponent of building the Mikdash, of offering Karbanos. He made numerous Hashkafic arguments, arguments in Jewish thought, as well as Halakhic arguments for why we can, we should, it's highly desirable. He uh, kicked off a great correspondence with numerous uh, of the leading rabbinic thinkers of his era, his great teacher, Rabbi Kiva Eger, Chasim Sofer, another towering figure of that time, Rabbi David Friedman of Karlin, Rabbi Yisrael Yeshua of Kutna, the Yeshua of Malcho, and a number of others. And starting from his time, there was a great debate about both about the bringing of Karbanos and about building the Temple. In his time, the discussion perhaps was more, more focused on bringing Karbanos, and we may often think of them as being essentially the same question, bring the Temple or for sacrifices, but from a careful and rigorous halachic perspective, the questions, while certainly linked and related, are actually somewhat independent. Much of the discussion about bringing karbanos revolves around the Talmudic rule that makriven afopishein bias, that it is possible to offer karbanos even in the absence of a temple. The karbanos do not strictly require a temple, they require an altar, they require maybe the location of the altar in the temple mount, but they don't require the actual edifice of the temple to be able to bring sacrifices, and vice versa as well. According to at least some poskim, the mitzvah to build the base of Mikdash, the mitzvah of Suli Mikdash, does not depend on the actual offering of sacrifices, even if we can offer sacrifices anyway, even if we can't offer sacrifices for various reasons. It doesn't matter. The mitzvah to build the base of Mikdash, Suli Mikdash. The reason for the base of Mikdash, perhaps, various commentaries say, was to bring, to bring sacrifices, but certainly there are at least some poskim who say that the mitzvah to build the base of Mikdash is independent of Karbanos, and therefore we can really consider these two questions separately. Is there a mitzvah to offer Karbanos Bismanazeh? Is there a mitzvah to build the base of Mikdash Bismanazeh? Some of the halachic issues overlap. Many of them, most of them are independent. So as I said, previously we've, we've discussed the question of bringing Karbanos Bismanazeh. Tonight we will discuss the question of bringing the base of Mikdash Bismanazeh. So... One of, the, one of the focal points of this discussion is the statement of Chazal that we've mentioned a couple of times already in the Midrash Sifrei, as well as in the Gemara and Sanhedrin. It says that there are three mitzvahs that the Jews are supposed to do when they enter Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Yosi Yomer, Shalosh Mitzvahs, Nistavu Yisrael, B'Kim Tzvahs, and La'aretz, 
Lahamid Lahem Melech, Ulahachra Zara Shalamalek, Vlivnos Lahem Besa Bahira. Three mitzvahs appoint a king, destroy a Malek, build a temple. Now the, the crucial question is what's the order? What is the proper sequence for these three mitzvahs? Any Adea Ezemehem Trila. How do we know which one should I do first? That all three mitzvahs are triggered when we enter Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara discusses it. The Gemara says that the first one is the first one is Melech, Kiyodal Keska, Melchamala Hashem Bamalek. That in Pasht B'Shalach, where we talk about, uh, we read about the war against Amalek. So the so the, the first step is to the first step is to appoint the king. That you have to have the kisei. Kisei means melech. Kisei is the symbol. The throne is the symbol of the monarch. So first you have to have a melech before you kill a malek. So melech precedes a malek. But now how do you know? You have to have them. You have to have the melech before anything. But how do you know which comes first, Besamikdash or a malek? So the Gemara says that's also a pasuk. In Dvarim it says It says that Hashem will give you relief from all your enemies. Then the Hashem. Then the place that Hashem will choose is the is the place you should build the base of Mikdash. So the sequence is first the king, then the then the then destroying Amalek, other enemies, Amalek in particular, then build the base of Mikdash. So base of Mikdash is number three out of these three mitzvahs. Bechain Bedavid, the actual story of how the base of Mikdash was built in Sefer Shmuel and then Malachim. So David is first motivated, first begins to, uh, to take, take the initiative with regard to building the temple. It says, David David was sitting peacefully in his home. And Hashem gave him relief from, from the enemies. And then, then David said, it's time to build a base of Mekdash. He told Nasana Navi, I am sitting in a luxurious uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a luxurious home of cedars, and Hashem doesn't have a, a home for as a base of Mikdash, let's build a base of Mikdash. So the Gemara says that first the king, then, the, then destroying and subjugating enemies, so we have peace and relief, then finally the base of Mikdash. So the Gemara indicates that base of Mikdash is the last of these three mitzvahs. And that is the... That's the sequence. That, that 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 that's that's how the post can understand. That's the sequence of the of the three mitzvahs. Now the question is: Is this sequence li kuva? Is this just the ideal way, or is this an, is this absolutely absolutely essential? Does this mean that you're not allowed to build a base of mikdash until you have a king and until you have peace from the enemies? One of the points that the post can bring is that when they built the second temple in the time of Ezra, they did not have a king, and they didn't have sovereignty. They didn't have a king. So perhaps the, the, these rules are not essential. Some posts can suggest that the chiyuv doesn't kick in until you have a king and relief from the enemies, but you're allowed to if you want to. In any event, we see in Ezra that they did, they did build the base of Mikdash despite not having, certainly they didn't fulfill at that time the mitzvah of the king. There are some who suggest that the, that the idea of the king means that Malchus based David has to have been established. Once it was established in the time of Shmuel, in the time of David, at that point, until the end of history, you can feel free to build a base of Mikdash once Malchus based David was, was set up in the first place, regardless of whether you have a king right now. In any event, we see from Ezra that it's not, that it's not, it's not, it's not an open and shut case that we have to first worry about kings before we worry about the base of Mikdash. You see, in Ezra's time, they built the base of Mikdash. It seems to be a pretty, uh, pretty strong precedent that you can build a base of Mikdash even if you haven't 
set, set up for yourself a king. And the truth is, the, the truth is that the, the story of Ezra, the second temple, that is connected to another important uh, question, problem with building the temple in contemporary times. The Sefer Achinuch, who listed Tarek Mitzvahs, and he certainly is a, also a close follower of the Rambam, he also brings a mitzvah essay to build the temple, and he brings the Rambam's Pasuk of Yasuli Mikdash, the, the, the Pasuk from Pashas Truma. The Chinuch says, the Chinuch adds a very curious condition. He says, The mitzvah to build the temple, the Chinuch at the end of every mitzvah, he lists the conditions for the mitzvah to apply and how the mitzvah would be violated or fulfilled. So he says, the mitzvah is in force when most of the Jewish people is resident on its land. Very unclear where the Chinuch gets this from. The, where the Chinuch got this condition, it, there's apparently no explicit direct statement in the Talmud about requiring certain other halachas. The Talmud says, Yovel only applies bizman when all or most of the Jewish people are resident in Eretz Yisrael. It's unclear where the Chinuch got this from, that the, that the mitzvah of Binyan Beis HaMikdash only applies when most of the Jewish people is settled in Israel. But not only is it a question of what his source is, and this isn't brought by, by the Rambam, it isn't brought by other, uh, other poskim. Additionally, we have the same problem that Hronim asked about Ezra. In Ezra's time, there was certainly not Kol Yoshva In Ezra's time, they only had about 40,000 plus, 40,000 and change Jews came up from the Gola to settle in Eretz Yisrael. Those are psukim, the, the psukim give the numbers. They cer- it certainly was not most of Kol Yisrael. Kol Yisrael was criticized for staying behind. They had assimilated and so on, and the... But the fact is, there were only 40,000. There was a, a small, small fraction of the Jewish people of the time. And yet they built the base of Mikdash. So once again, we see that these conditions are not necessarily as simple and as, uh, as critical as they might appear at face value. So regarding this question, the question of, of the Chinuch's condition of requiring the Jewish people to be mostly settled in Eretz Yisrael, so from David Friedman of Karlin, the Sheilas David, he was one of the great opponents of Ritzi Hirsch plan. He wrote an entire counter-manifesto explaining why he had great respect for Rav Kalisher. He, he considered him a great Talmud Chacham and a great Tzaddik, but he said he thinks he's wrong about, this, uh, wrong about this plan. And he has also a lengthy essay on the details of the, of the application of the mitzvah of bringing karb- mitzvahs of bringing karbanas and building the temple in contemporary times. So he writes that in the course of his discussion, he, he deals with this question that according to the Chinuch, how could they build the Mikdash in Ezra's time? It wasn't uh, the Jews living Alad Masan. So he says it was, uh, they had a Navi there. The Navi said to do it. It was a Harasha, basically, that uh, the, the, Navi can, the Navi can change the parameters of, of mitzvahs in the Torah, at least on a temporary basis. They had Navim, so he basically throws up his hands and says it was, uh, it was uh, Duex Machina, I guess, that, that, that it was a, uh, a Harasha. Rabbi Yisrael Yeshua of Kutna, in uh, we saw Yeshua of Kutna, who was who had several interactions with Rav Kalisher. Most famously, he wrote an endorsement to Rav Kalisher's Drisha Sion, in which he is strongly supportive of his general political plan to uh, to jumpstart the Yishuv, to return Jews to living and settling and developing Eretz Yisrael. Regarding Karbanos, he says he thinks there are technical objections; it's not going to work. But he was uh, strongly supportive of Rav Kalisher's plan. To uh, Rav Kalisher's plan to to, uh, to to resettle Eretz Yisrael, he has a very memorable comment in the Haskama to Drisha Sion. He says, "You're you're doing God's work. You're doing a great thing. 
He says, certainly there will be naysayers, and uh, there, there always are to any worthy endeavor, and don't let them get you down. They're just, they're just carping and criticizing. He says, you're doing a great thing, and be strong, and you should do it. But uh, in a different sefer of his, in, 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 in his Yeshua's Malcha, where in one of the volumes of his Yeshua's Malcha, where he has comments in his Alatara, so commenting on our Parsha, on Parsha's Truma, he says that the Ezra, in Ezra's time, they built a Mesa Mikdash. What happened to the Chinuch's rule that you need uh, Rov Yisrael Alad Masan? He says something very interesting, a, a very provocative and powerful idea. He says, Rov Yisrael Alad Masan means that if the means that, it, that, that, that if, mu- if much of the Jewish people is stuck, is unable to be in Eretz Yisrael, so the, the, the center of the Jewish nation is somewhere else for good reason, for, for necessary reasons, then there's no mitzvah to build a base in Mikdash. However, he says, if a large portion of Klai Yisrael chooses not to go to Eretz Yisrael, they choose to stay behind like they did in Ezra's time, they, they were comfortable in Gullus, and they decided not to make Aliyah, then he says, that's, that's too bad. They, they, they forfeit whatever right, whatever, uh, whatever stake they have in the base of Mikdash. So fine, the ones who went, the ones who did go, Zachu, Vizachu, Bechel, Chaveram, they're the Klai Yisrael, we're concerned about it this time. He brings a, an analogy from what the Rambam says about reinstating smicha, that, that we care about the Chachmei Eretz Yisrael, we don't care about the Chachmei Chutzlarts. He says, uh, there, it's, like, there it's, it's more of an issue, he says, there the Rambam's not so sure because they were unable to make it to Eretz Yisrael. Because there, he says, the, it wasn't clear that Ulay, that, that Bizman Azad, it's not the fault of the Chachmei Chachme Chutzlarts for not, uh, it's not in their control, they can't make it to Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Vigdor Nevensal, in, in contemporary times, says, according to, according to Yisrael Yeshua of Kutna, he says, when we want to count whether most of the Jewish people is in Eretz Yisrael, he says, we only have to count the, those who live in Israel, as opposed to those who live in places like Russia, in his time, earlier, I guess, when it was hard to, you know, behind the Iron Curtain, Arzus Arab, you know, the, the, those who wouldn't let the Jews leave, countries where the Jews didn't have freedom of movement and they couldn't get to go to Eretz Yisrael, those Jews, we have to weigh their numbers against those in Eretz Yisrael. But Jews in uh, democratic countries where they have their own liberty, they don't count. If they would want to be in Eretz Yisrael, they could. If they don't, that's their problem, he says. And when we count Rov Yisrael al Masan, we don't measure Jews in countries like the United States. All right. We can, uh, we, uh, an interesting idea. Again, you know, this is not a topic that has been discussed extensively, you know, rigorously by the poskim. We're dealing with uh, you know, isolated proposals and chedushim. It's hard to know if this is halach or not. But in any event, as we said, the chinuch himself who makes up this rule, is, uh, it, the rule is all of about six words long, and it's not clear what the source is. And we have a counterexample from Ezra. So we have, uh, we, so we have different explanations for what they could have done in Ezra's time. Again, some say that maybe you don't, you don't have to build a base to make this. You're allowed to if you want to. The, the Shailas David says that that, that was Alpina so that wouldn't be a good precedent for us. And the Yeshua's Mocho and Rav Nevensel, following his lead, suggest that it depends on whether the Jews are able to go to Eretz Yisrael or not. If most of the Jewish people is either in Eretz Yisrael or, uh, or able to go and doesn't, that's considered Rav Yisrael al-Masan, so the mitzvah then would still be in place. According to the, according to the Yeshua's Mocho, the mitzvah then would still be in place, Bismanazah. Now, some of the discussion revolves around a, a comment of Rashi and other Rishonim as well, Tosfus and the Ritva, various Rishonim in Sukkah. The, 
the Rashi over there says, he's explaining a passage in the Gemara, Rashi says, the third base of Mikdash that we are hoping for, that we yearn for and anticipate and pray for, is, uh, is already built. It's built in Shemayim, and it will be revealed and come down from heaven fully built. Shenemar, Mikdash Hashem, Konunu Yadecha, we say in the Shira Sayam, Konunu Yadecha, God's hands have built the Mikdash, we are not going to build it. it is, uh, it's built by God, and it comes down from heaven, and it's not going to be built by human hands. This actually has halachic ramifications in the Gemara over there, but this is how a number of Rishonim understand the Gemara, that the third base of Mikdash is not going to be built by humans. Some, some, some Chachamim therefore, therefore think that there is no mitzvah to build a base of Mikdash for us, because the third base of Mikdash is not human. The third base of Mikdash is going to be built by God, not by humans. This is something, again, besides the technical discussion, which we'll get into momentarily, this is kind of a uh, philosophical, hashkafic question. Are there mitzvahs in the Torah that we are supposed to be passive and say, at this point, it's up to God? They discuss this in the context of Tcheles. Some of the opponents of Tcheles say that there are sources in Midrashim and Zohar that we don't have the Tcheles, we have to wait till God returns it to us. Others have fiercely pushed back against that and said, it's not the way halacha works. A mitzvah is a mitzvah. It's our job to do the mitzvah. Shem wants to help us and bring down the Beit Mikdash. Fine, but... Uh, we have no exemption from the mitzvah because of midrashim about how Hashem is going to take going to play a role in it. A mitzvah is a mitzvah, so there, there there's a fundamental hashkafic question here. But beyond that, the, the achronim discussed whether we should really accept this Rashi and other rishonim at face value. The Aruch Laner, the Aruch Laner, who was not actually so happy with Rav Kalisher's proposal to offer karbanos, the very first tshuva published in his Binyan Tzion, he wrote a lengthy uh, rejection, focusing more on Karbanos there, but a lengthy rejection of Rav Kalisher's proposal to build Karbanos. Here, he actually downplays this Rashi in support of a much more Kalisherian uh, approach. He says, even though there are a number of Rishonim who say this, that the third base of Mikdash will be built by God, it's difficult to understand the Gemara this way. He has technical problems. Furthermore, he says, the language of the liturgy says, all over, what are we daven? We say, every day, we say, he says that the, the base Mikdash will still have to be built. It's not already built by God and waiting to be lowered into the world. It has to be rebuilt. It's going to be rebuilt. There might be some who explain that when we do mitzvahs, Hashem builds it gradually, but uh, the Aruch Laner is, is, is contrasting the two approaches that either we are going to build it, we humans are going to build it, at some point in the future, as opposed to it's already been built by God, and he says clearly the davening indicates that it's going to be built, presumably by us, he says, and therefore he explains, he takes a much more a much more, he ends up with a much more rationalistic approach to the third temple, he says it is going to be built, it is going to be built by humans, he says humans are going to build the third temple what do Chazal mean when they say Mikdash Hashem Yadecha it's a Midrash, it's not just Rashi. The Midrash says that it means that it'll come down, built, it'll come down from Shemayim. He says that doesn't mean the physical temple, the bricks and stones will all descend from Shemayim. He says it means there'll be a spiritual base of Mikdash, like a soul and a body. Just like he says, it says that we're supposed to light the Aish in the, in, on the Mizbech, and God sends down an Aish min Shemayim. There's some kind of spiritual fire that God sends down to... Uh, and soul the, the physical fire. Here too, he says, we humans are going to build the third temple, and God is going to send down a spiritual thir- third temple to, uh, to ensoul it, and to give it Kedusha, or whatever exactly is going to happen to it. But he says, certainly he says, we are going to build the third base of Mikdash, he says, that, 
there are no, we don't have, in this world, we don't have just, uh, we don't have tzura uh, we don't have just disembodied neshamas. Uh, he says, HaMikdash Ruchani Lo Yakum Blo Mikdash Gashmi, there is going to be a Mikdash Gashmi, and that is going to be built by humans. So this supports the idea of Rav Kalisher, that we're not just going to wait till Hashem drops down the Mikdash from Shemayim, we are actually going to build the Mikdash. Again, there are other questions, do we need Rov Yisrael al Masan? do we need a Melech, do we need a Navi, and so on and so forth, but at least uh, the obstacle from this Rashi, that, that, that this much he says, that we are not going to be waiting for the we are not going to be waiting for the third temple to come from Hashem. We are going to be building it. And uh, Rav Kalisher himself, in his Rishon deals with this at length also. He tries to argue from numerous sources in Chazal that the, that the redemption is going to be brought about by humans. Humans will play a role. Of course, it'll be divinely orchestrated in Alpi, Ratz, and Hashem, but, it, but it's going to be the actual actions, the actual... Uh, the, the, the actual process of the redemption, there will be humans, Jews... And so on, playing a role in it, it will not simply be, it will not simply be dropped down minashamai. Rav, we mentioned, we mentioned a couple of times the Sheilas David, Rav David Friedman of Karlin. He discusses in a lengthy halachic uh, approach, lengthy halachic, halachic analysis, whether there's a mitzvah to bring, to build a base of mikdash So he relates this to the Machlokis, Rambam and Ravid, whether the Kedusha of the mikdash is Batla or not. Rambam Shita is the Kedusha of the Mikdash is Lonis Batla. That is perhaps the better known Shita, that the Makma Mikdash still has the Kedusha. The Kedusha never left. The, the Yushalayim, that part of Yushalayim still has Kedusha's Mikdash. Therefore, he says, on the one hand, we can really bring Karbanos without the base of Mikdash, as we mentioned earlier, Makriven Afabishain Bias. We can bring a Karban without the base of Mikdash because the Kedusha remains. However, as we said earlier, there would still be a mitzvah to build the base of Mikdash because it's a mitzvah, Vasuli Mikdash, regardless of Karbanas, he says. So we would still have the mitzvah of building the base of Mikdash. However, he says, he says it would not be it would not be incumbent upon us because we have not yet done the other two mitzvahs of Sanhedrin and the Sifrei. We have not yet we don't yet have a king. We, we haven't yet destroyed Zechar Amalek. And therefore he says that the, the mitzvah, at least the mandatory mitzvah, would not apply. Maybe you'd be allowed to, but the Chiyuv would not apply because he understands that the, the other two mitzvahs, as long as they haven't been fulfilled, there is no mitzvah of building the Beis HaMikdash. I'm never sure exactly what posts can mean when they say we have to first destroy Amalek. In David Amalek's time, obviously Amalek wasn't destroyed. Amalek, uh, you know, we have a whole story of Purim, where there was still Amalekim running around in the time of, uh, in the time of uh, Purim, so, and, and they're still not destroyed today. So obviously they, they weren't recreated uh, Ex nihilo, so, so obviously Amalek was never fully destroyed. So why did David build the base of Mikdash? Either because they were sufficiently subjugated and sufficiently uh, negated from being a meaningful force in the world. So the question is, is there Amalek today? Topic for a separate day. We've discussed this in the past, Rav Salavechik and others about Germans and whatnot, but uh, there isn't much in the way of identifiable Amalek in the world today, certainly. So I'm not sure whether not destroying Amalek is really an objection today or not. But Rav, uh, the Sheilas David feels it is. We don't have a Melech, we haven't destroyed Amalek, and therefore we have to return to Eretz Israel and do those mitzvahs, and therefore, according to the Rambam, where Karbanas can be brought today without a Mikdash, the only reason to build a Mikdash is because of Asuli Mikdash, and that doesn't apply because of the, the sequence that is established by the Sifrei and the Gemara and Sanhedrin. What about Ezra? Again, in Ezra's time also, they didn't have the, the other two mitzvahs, so he says, again, that was Alpinavi, that was the Harasha. That was the, 
that was that that was different. He and he also mentions here that even though we have a rule that a navi can't change the Torah, a navi can't uh, a navi can, a navi can't just change change halachas in the Torah. I mentioned earlier maybe it was a harasha. He gives uh, he gives actually different terutz and he says first of all the whole idea of the mikdash was entirely the province of Nevi'im. The Gemara frequently mentions hakol b'chsav miyada Hashem alai hiskel that the Nevi'im were always supposed to be involved in the in the building of the temple. Second, he says that the, there's no obligation to build a temple before these mitzvahs are fulfilled, but you could if you want. So it wouldn't be a chiyuv, but it would be a rishus. So again, according to according to Rav David of Karlin, the chiyuv wouldn't apply today, but the the right to build the mikdash, the option if we so chose, might might very well still be in place. Then he talks about the the sheet of the rived. According to the rived, there is. According to the Ravid, there is no possibility of offering karbanos bismanazeb because when the base mikdash was destroyed, the kedusha evaporated as well. In order to offer karbanos, we would have to build the base mikdash. So then we have a new reason to build the mikdash in order to bring karbanos. He says, but now he says it's a, that's a problem because if you have to create new kedusha, we require certain certain offices like the kohen or the kohen gadol or Matumim, the sanhedrin and so on, and that proposes a problem. So the so he himself is a little skeptical, certainly that there's no chiyuv, might not even be a possibility of building the mikdash, but he himself is uh, you know, strongly downplaying the idea that there's actually a chiyuv to build the mikdash in the absence of nevuah and, and or Batumim and the Sanhedrin and so on, then uh, he says we are going to be, we, we, we are going to, we, there certainly won't be a chiyuv, it might not even be possible to build the mikdash bismanazeh. There are actually some sources that say that non-Jews will build the temple, La Lavo. So far, we've mentioned two possibilities, that God will or already has built it and will just lower it down from heaven when the time is right, or, the, the, or that Jews will build it, that will build it at the right time. There is a third possibility. Some, some thinkers have suggested that non-Jews will build it. There is a curious passage by Rabbeinu Bachi ben Asher. It's based on a midrashic uh, allegory interpreting the four animals that are non-kosher. The four animals that are named by the Torah as non-kosher because they only have what they only have one of the two simanim, the gamal, the camel, the shafan, and the arneves, whatever those are exactly, the chazir, the pig. So there's a midrash that identifies the various enemies, the great nemeses of the Jewish people, throughout the various diasporas as the as, as these four animals. These four animals are are stand-ins for the for four enemy nations. The fourth one, the Chazir, is the is Edom, is the is the Golos of Rome, of Edom. Again, we've discussed previously the, the attitudes of Chazal. Who exactly is Edom? Is biblical Edom the same as Rabbinic Rome or not? But the, the general trend in Rabbinic thought is that Edom, Rome, the the Christendom of today is all the same, uh, is all the same thing. So Rabbeinu Bachya says the Chazir is Edom, and he says, he, he brings a famous controversial Midrash that why is, the, why is Rome, one version of a controversial Midrash, that why is Rome compared to the Chazir? Because the Baruch will eventually be Machzir, will turn, will turn about and will impose Midas Adin on, the, on, on this nation, which is the nation of, of Rome, of Edom, for destroying the Mikdash. This is the controversial text of the Midrash that he will eventually return, return, return things to the way they were. Some understood this Midrash to mean the Chazir will become kosher. 
and there is a celebrated controversy whether that will ever happen, whether the Chazir will actually become kosher or not, the Torah is not supposed to change. But Rabbi Abachi does not bring that shot. He just says that this is all a political allegory. He says that the first two temples were built by Jews, by Yisrishan was built by Shlomo, by Yesheni was built by Zerubavel, Mizera Yehuda, and he says it was done by authorization of Karash, who was Persian, but it was done by, by Jews. Habayish Lishi, he says, is different. Habayish Lishi, Asida Umazul of Nosa. The nation of Rome will rebuild, they're going to want to be the ones to build the third temple. Edom was the one who destroyed the second temple. Edom, Christian nations, someone will be the one to build the, the third temple. That is what Chazal mean, he says, when they said, that the crown will be returned to its former glory. Edom will correct, will rectify the, the terrible evil that is done by rebuilding the third temple. And therefore, so not Hashem will rebuild the third temple, but Edom will rebuild the third temple. That is opposite, diametrically opposite an idea as you can get. Edom will rebuild the third temple. And that's another approach, again, that, that certainly implies that the third temple is something that we can see in the world as we know it. We don't have to wait for, for God. Again, whether that means Edom will do it on its own, Edom will do it, will authorize us to do it. There are those who saw, there are those who saw in uh, the former president's uh, pro-Israel policies uh, possible fulfillment or on the road to fulfillment of this, uh, of this idea of Rebbein Obachia. But whatever it is, this is another approach to the Third Temple that it will actually be built by built or at least authorized or somehow there'll be involvement by modern modern Gentile governments rather than either the Jews themselves or God by himself. There is a um, one, one final point I want to discuss briefly is that in all the classic sources, in all the in, in the Talmud, in the Midrashim, in all the classic sources, the mitzvah of uh, Suli Mikdash refers to the Mishkan, to the base of Mikdash, to both of them. In terms of the formal halachic import of the mitzvah, it is limited to the temple itself, which, as we've said, may or may not be possible b'smanazeh, but the, the mitzvah was limited to the, the actual temple. Some contemporary writers have, 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 have pointed out that in the Zohar, it does, it does, the Zohar indicates that the mitzvah of Asuli Mikdash applies to shuls as well, and that we certainly can fulfill the mitzvah of Asuli Mikdash. The Rambam just paskins that whenever there are ten Jews, there is an imperative to build a place to daven, to build a shul. That's called the Beis Knesses, and so on. That is a mitzvah. But the Zohar seems to imply that, the, that building shuls is part of the, is part of the mitzvah of uh, Suli Mikdash. The, the Zohar says, How beloved is the Jewish people before God, that wherever they are, Kosh Baruch Hu rests his shechina, that, the, that he never removes his love from them. It says, Not just the Mikdash of the Temple in Jerusalem, the every shul is considered a Mikdash in the context of a Suli Mikdash. Another passage in the Zohar he brings, so that, that also indicates that the mitzvah, that, that, that Vasuli Mikdash encompasses the building of shuls. However, as Rosh Weiss points out, it's, it's difficult to interpret the Zohar in a rigorous halachic context. In the, in the Shnei Talmudim, in the halachic sources, nowhere ever is there any, uh, any mention of this, that the mitzvah of Asuli Mikdash includes building shuls. 
There are some halachic sources that indicate that some of the halachas of Beis HaKnesses parallel in certain ways uh, the Beis HaMikdash, he says, and, and they bring the idea that the Gemara says, the idea of Mikdash Ma'at, that, that, the, that the Navi calls, the Navi says that Hashem will preserve the, the concept of Mikdash Ma'at, and that means Bate Knisayos, and Bate Midrashos, and Bavel, so the Gemara does interpret biblical phrases, references to Mikdash, to refer to shuls, but the, that, that's a far cry from claiming that there's a mitzvah deraisa to build a shul that's included in Vasuli Mikdash. Vizar is a Midrasha comment, and it has to be included that maybe that it has kedusha of the shul, but not that it's part of the mitzvah of building a shul. That's pashut, according to coin to Asher Weiss. It may, have, it may partake of some of the same kedusha as a shul, but it certainly does not have the, it's certainly not included in the formal biblical mitzvah of Yasuli Mikdash. Rabbi Eliezer Malamed says, again, similar to Ravasher, he says that wherever Jews are, the Rambam says they have to build a shul, and it's a great mitzvah. The Pasuk says, Vasuli Mikdash, in our pasture, it says you have to build a temple, Vashachanti Besochem. Like Ravasher, he also says that the primary intention of the Pasuk is Binyan Besam Mikdash. He calls it, he says it's a branch of the mitzvah. It's an anaf, Shemit Pashet, Mitzvah Zu. It's a branch that, uh, that branches out of this mitzvah is to build a shul. They share a common purpose, is to have a place for the service of Hashem and for God to rest his shechina. That's what's meant by Mikdash Ma'at, as explained by the Gemara, that Mikdash Ma'at refers to Bate Knisayos, and the Kedusha of a shul is maybe not as intense as the Beis Mikdash, but it shares some of the Kedusha of the Beis Mikdash. So he says the same thing. In his notes, regarding the, the, the rigorous technical halachic question, is the mitzvah of Vasuli Mikdash, does it actually extend to building shuls? He says that some say that it does. Some say there's actually a biblical mitzvah. He doesn't identify who the some say are exactly, but he says uh, some say there's actually a mitzvah say midaraisa to build a shul. It's included in Vasuli Mikdash. That's implied by the Zohar. He says also, again, the Zohar is a midrash. It's, uh, we usually don't learn halacha from midrashim, certainly not in a midrash context, but he says, yesh shovrim, basic nessus is a mitzvah drabanan. And it's a zechel mikdash, and it's, a, it's, a, it's in the spirit of the base of mikdash, but it is not, it is not actually part of the mitzvah, mitzvah deraisa of binyan base of mikdash. Thank you very much. Meheri yibana base of mikdash, and may we see the base of mikdash, whether we have to build it, whether the uh, United States government builds it, whether God builds it, one way or another. Here at Samlofanecha, she yibana base of mikdash, meheri yameinu, v'sein chalkeinu, b'sarasecha.